0: When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now.
2: Welcome, everybody. Friday afternoon, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 211, Bag Milk. Dan, Liam sitting in for Tyler. Tyler is in Montreal on the da- draft floor. We're seeing him on the Zoom call. Rick is at home because Tyler took all the microphones.
0: That is not true.
2: That is absolutely true.
0: False. I'm, not I'm, um, I'm the on the draft tank. floor. I wish it was the dance floor. Am I right?
2: It could be. A, it, every, anything could be a dance every, floor if you're committed. Every
3: floor can be a dance floor if you want it to be.
2: Why don't, you get up, why don't you get up and do a boogie? I'd like to see what that suit can do. Mm-hmm.
1: Dance. Not much.
3: Yeah, just start a line dance. See who jumps in. A wop?
2: I'd like <laughs> to see you, nay-nay.
0: I'm on a limited...
2: As we do every week, we start off with our delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle, 17 locations and counting. Friday afternoon, maybe you don't want to go to the nudes. You're tired from the draft. You got a lot of recap articles to read at <laughs> oodlesnation.com. Order through DoorDash. Ding dong. Liam, live ding dong, please. Ding dong. Thank you. There you go. Oodle noodle delicious debate, where we're gonna start off today, Tyler. I'm gonna come to you first. Tyler's There's Frank air Valley in the background. I see Frank air Valley in the background.
0: I know. I got I got time to answer one question, boys, and I got a dart.
2: We're gonna talk about the Zach Cassian trade. What is your first impressions of the Zach Cassian trade?
0: Well, my first impression of the Cassian trade trade is i was like
2: ah i think it's
0: a little bit much like when you hear a second and a third on top of moving down which didn't end up being a big deal because the guy they got the guy they wanted but i was like ah maybe it's a bit much and like you kind of saw the mrazic deal and i know i've been told a few times now like hey don't compare them they're not the same so i won't um but i I thought it was maybe an asset too much and then waking up today you kind of go okay it's a 2025 pick and a 2024 pick and you know, you are losing like two years of a bad contract. So I actually think it, it's a pretty fair deal. It's not a steal. It's not a great win for the Oilers, but it's a move they had to do. They had to bite the bullet and pay that price. So I think you got to be pretty thrilled with it. And with that, I dip out. Goodbye, boys. Say hi to Frank. Here. Frank, thoughts on the Cassian deal?
2: Uh, necessary evil necessary evil. All right, boys, we're going to record the rundown. See ya. There goes Tyler. We got three seconds of Tyler. He's in a suit right now. What you don't know, because he hasn't really been tweeting it out from his account, but Tyler has been murdering hot dogs. What we found out in Montreal is that the media have got five hot dogs so far, is what he said to Rick.
4: Wow. It's like me and the bananas.
2: You and the bananas, yeah. The what? The bananas. The what? The bananas. The bananas. He speaks the (laughs) king's English, though, Rick
4: my language
1: (laughs) (laughs) it is your language yeah so i wonder if tyler was presented with a basket of free hot dogs if he would eat the free hot dogs though
2: well i also wanted to ask him last night well i asked him last night but he didn't have an answer for me was he also getting free bio steel to wash down those delicious dogs or was he just going in dry with those having to buy his own beverages i don't know Mm we didn't get to ask. he
3: said there was no there was no free bio steel yesterday. He said he was going to look for it today, but we didn't have enough time to ask him questions cuz the other show means more than our show.
2: Yeah, it's disrespectful. <laughs> really is disrespectful. Um so I'll just Tyler woke up this morning. Had a second thought about it. Cassian trades okay. Rick, what was your first thought?
3: I liked it, man. Like I, I get it. Like people want to sit here and complain about fucking second, third round. Pay. I get it. That's th- two and three years down the line. Like uh to get out of it right now. It, that's huge and all you do if you just turn that into a quality player let's just say it's like Dylan Strom just for for shits and giggles um, then it's a second and a third for Dylan Strom or second in 25 and a third and 24 for Dylan Strom I don't think that's out of the realm of of what you should pay for them either, so I'm I'm good with it, man. I think it was a good, I think it was a good move.
2: This morning, I did an emergency episode of Better Late Than Never, just kind of do my take on the Cassian trade, and it's exactly what I said, Rick. It's like first of all, those picks are two and three down. Two and three years down the line, so I'll probably forget about them until then. So I'll need somebody. But that's to remind two and three
3: years till we pick them. That's like exactly six and seven till they even fucking have an opportunity to make the league.
2: Well, that's exactly it. So that was my point. So you're trading that to get three point two million dollars in cap space. The Oilers need to make moves now. Mm-hmm. And this, ha- and also, it's worth noting that this trade happened last night, which was Thursday, ahead of us knowing that Duncan Keith was going to retire, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. So I liked it. I don't have a problem with trading picks two and three years down the road. That's normally shit that we would do in video games that the NHL (laughs) wouldn't normally allow, but it (laughs) happens. So two, three years from now, come on. Free space is going to help them now.
4: Wasn't it Nathan McKinnon that said, I don't care what picks are in the next few years. Hopefully I won't be here to play with them or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's something like
4: Colorado's first pick this year was in the sixth round.
2: Yeah. Some you gotta move your picks. Yeah. That is a forward thinking move to help right now. Dan, what was your
1: thoughts on the uh on the Cassian trade? Well, I think that anybody that's upset with the transaction just has to look back and shake your fists at COVID because the Cassian contract was signed just before COVID hit and there therefore the number just didn't make sense after that moment on. And uh so, yeah, I mean, it's, like, I've never once had any kind of regrets on it. Like, at some point, we have to make trades. We have to make transactions. And there's a cost to every transaction. So I don't understand. Like, it's not like we're t- getting rid of any roster players that are going to make a meaningful impact other than Cassian. And, uh, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know. You just, that's the price you pay, to quote Peter Shirelli, I don't know. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. I just think that, like, you need money
2: now. Mm-hmm. And if you're going yes. to have a $3.2 million player on your roster, he can't just have six goals and 13 assists for 19 points. Yeah. That's not just that's not spending your assets in this case money wisely. Liam, what were your thoughts on Cassian?
4: Yeah, I it doesn't matter to me at all. Like he's just I liked Cassian. Like I think he was a good oiler for like a couple of years there, but like Dan said, like COVID after that, he kind of went off the rails a little bit. It wasn't the same player he was two years ago. We never really saw that. San Jose round, Zach Cassian again. Who cares what we traded him for the second and the third? We still got that first round pick in there, which a lot of people were saying we were going to have to lose period to move Cassian.
2: Yeah, they moved down three.
4: They moved down three and probably got the same player they could have got at 29 that they did at 32.
2: Well, they were kind of, there was a couple of guys around town kind of telegraphing Reed Schaefer, and we'll get to him in a little bit too, as the guy that the others were targeting. Mm -hmm. They got their man anyway.
4: Yeah, so what does it matter? And like the Oilers don't pick him a second round anyway, ever.
2: Well, so and I. so again, I did this. So Raphael Lavois, you got there. Ryan was, McLeod, that's a good one yeah. in 2018. But then you've also got a bunch of misses there, like Tyler Benson, Benson. no offense to him, that's a miss.
4: Nothing uh, in 2015, nothing in 2014. 2013. Marco
2: Roy, who's that?
4: Never heard of him. I don't even know what. T- <laughs>
2: he zero? was a defenseman, wasn't he? He was a centerman.
4: Centerman from. Oh, my bad. <laughs> For the Blaineville. Mitch, Mitch Moreau's, that was Say another that one. one. David Musel, this was the uh, the oil kings era,
2: yeah, the <laughs> oil, oil kings was, era of the draft.
4: Uh, Tyler Pitlick, Tyler Pitlick M- Ar- H- Ar- Al- arguably
2: he's had the best NHL career, even though he's not necessarily an impact player. Although Ryan McLeod will be, will beat that.
4: Look at this year 2010, Pitlick, Martin Morinchon, Curtis Hamilton, whoever that is.
2: Curtis Hamilton plays for the Belfast oh, Giants now. Really? Yeah.
3: Wow. He was on He was on Team Canada's uh, junior team. I thought lots, lots of good things coming from him.
2: I had high hopes for Curtis Hamilton. One NHL high
3: game, hopes.
4: five penalty minutes. I wonder what he did.
2: <laughs> uh, he, he, he got himself acquainted with someone, it seems like. And then Lander. I bet you he swore at the referee. Anton Lander, future captain of the Edmonton Oilers.
4: I was going to say, oh. is Lander the third best player the Oilers drafted in the second round in the last... 10 years.
2: Could be, yeah. Probably. Yeah, and that's like, so if that's that's what we're talking about, how the Oilers pick, fucking move them. Yeah,
3: so
4: the Oilers have just been picking well in the later rounds anyway, so I think that's why Holland just trusts Tyler Wright enough to be like, okay, we can sacrifice a second and third because we know our scouting staff is good enough to pick up players from round four onwards, which has been proven. Savoy, Tullio, well
1: Petrov and they've talked about it, it like it's been talked about before at length with the draft potential of these players right mm. and you're in your second and your third round you're you're looking at drafting the same kind of players that you can draft in the sixth and the seventh round you just have to find them yeah so it, and I mean arguably you look at our 2021 draft and all the promise that comes out of that with Matt Vay Petrov and and Xavier Borja, Borgo and Munzenberger like there's there's a bunch Tullio. of different opportunities there sorry Julio. Oh, Julio. It yeah. So well, actually he was the year before. He was 2020. Jason's good The too. Same thing, 2020. Again, Alex Chaseon? Close. He was the answer. He
4: was. Jake. The next answer. Jake he, Chason. Point per game player in the dub this year in like 25 games. Had knee surgery. So
1: it, so yeah, to me, it's like you you almost these teams are almost overvalued <clears> in the <this throat> second and third round picks. But again, it's we're not talking about we're not talking about like an impact player. We're not talking about a player that was making a difference for this team. And now that all that money is gone. And we're we're laughing. We're sitting here in the office, waking up with what 50 million in cap space, and now we got 21 million. Like it, things just blew up. So it's uh, I think it's a really good move, and it's a transaction that we had to make.
2: If you're listening to this right now, I would like to hear from you. Your thoughts on the Zach Cassian trade? The interesting thing for me was going through the comment section on Oilers Nations. Zach Lang wrote the article last night, got moved to Arizona. It was very split in the comment section. Very,
3: specific. there's going to be people, regardless of the moves that are made, is there's going to be people out there who are going to hate the move because it's made by an order's GM. That's just plain and simple, doesn't matter who the GM is, doesn't matter what the move is, they're smarter than whoever the GM is, they're always going to be upset with the move. Outside of that, I don't see how you can be upset about this move.
4: Was it split? In the sense of people was upset Cassian had moved, or because of the picks that were made?
2: The extra oh. picks that were added in on oh, the trade. Okay, okay. But like, it, that's one thing too, though. You can't say, you Gotta trade Cassian, gotta get that cap space, gotta get trade Cassian, gotta get that cap space. And then when they do it, be
1: like, Oh, I can't believe somebody didn't pay more oh, for him. Like, we a, to you, him. Wanna, eat, you wanna eat
3: salary or move a pick in 2025? I'm moving a pick from 2025.
1: Cause I'll tell you one thing,
2: I much prefer what. Ken Holland did with the Zach Cassian situation than if he had bought him out, and we had more dead cap space on the books for the next four seasons. Me too. Yes, you would have some savings this year and next, but you can't keep having dead cap space on your books.
3: You next can't. year wasn't even cap savings. I think next year was just running even. This year would have been the only year at cap savings. It's a good find, Liam.
2: So it's like this one. Yeah. What do you got there?
4: So this is what Andrew Ladd was traded for last summer. He was a conditional third round pick for n- next year. A second-round pick this year and a second-round pick in 2021 went to Arizona and the New York Islanders required no return a sim- simply a salary dump
1: to get so picks. so the
4: Oilers got a first-round pick yes moved down in a draft still drafted
1: the same player that they allegedly wanted three picks previous
4: and yeah moved a three million dollar contract
1: so when you look at that like. Ladd's contract is a fairly large, much It's larger. a big one. Yeah. Like, I, right. like
2: Understandable. But when you look at that, they were just did okay.
1: Man, the Coyotes yeah. are just and I think picking up everybody's something scraps. Something to
4: add in that too is Andrew Ladd didn't play the year before. Like he just played one game in Bridgeport for the <laughs> Islanders.
1: But, the, but he did play for the Coyotes last year, so it wasn't like yeah, it was an it, LTIR was thing.
4: 12 points in 51 games. Sick. I bet, Ka-
1: you, bet you. I bet you, Cassian than will than that. do that.
2: Yeah.
4: I bet Cassian scores twelve goals this season.
1: I bet and you know, like the Coyotes I, are laughing yeah.
2: again. That's another thing too. Like Cassian, from his perspective, yeah, it sucks going from a team that was just in the West Conference Finals to Arizona. But you have to think he's going to have better opportunities to play in Arizona than he would have here.
1: All of a sudden, he slides into like a top six mix every day, like an everyday kind of top six conversation. So yeah, I mean, for Cassian the player, it's great to see. He'll probably get a couple more fights down there in Arizona, which is good for me, selfishly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, We can't, like you said, Bag Milk, it's such a good point. It's just, you, you can't sit here and scream for cap space, and then when we get cap space, be like, wow, we can't believe we paid that much for cap space. Yeah, I,
4: and the thing, too, is I think a lot of people are upset with the amount of people that plays i have been speculated to leave, but, like, how many of them are significant contributors to the Oilers? Like, how many of those guys, like... Fogel, Cassian, Barry, Smith, Keith. Like those are the five this summer, I would say. Puljavi. Pugliavi. How many of them were significant impact to the roster to make it to the
3: Western
1: Conference finals? Cassian held Broussard off this lineup. <laughs> yeah. Derek, Massard, Derek once Broussard, once and a while they're always Keith, Yeah, never forget. Keith,
3: Keith and Barry were obviously big parts of, yeah, getting,
2: yeah, to sure. part
1: of getting to the show. Getting to
4: the That's what but I, I mean. mean, like those were the two, right? Like Keith, Keith and Barry were both good, but the other three like could have been better
1: i love jesse Pugliarvi. stop trying to put him in that list. i love
2: Jesse Pugliarvi too it's actually like i'll say it he didn't have a- it's he had a great start to the season kind of got derailed in the back half and it for me it's just a bummer that this is where we're at yeah that's kind of
3: dude it. i'm still not convinced he's going especially right now when you look at the fact that the rumors say that the return isn't all that large holland refused to make that move a couple years ago when he wanted out Uh, I think if you refuse to make those moves right now, you just wait till time goes on and get further in the summer. He is not so close to the uh, end of the the end of last season anymore. So you kind of, the negativity of last season kind of wanes away with each day. Right. So the further we go into the summer, I think the easier it is to try and get him back in this roster.
2: We'll see what happens because Ken Holland said pre-draft, you could see this situation. If he does get moved, that is, carrying on all summer, which he
3: he said yesterday that something about cap space and listed some names and listed Pooley Arby's name in the, in the names that he could sign with the newfound money.
2: Well, we got, a, we got a lot yesterday. We got a lot more money today than we did two days ago. So it'll be interesting to see. So I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, the other news that came down this morning, obviously Duncan Keith, I'm just going to start with Rick because Rick, you've been saying that he's going to retire for months now while well, he yes. did it. Today, Pierre LeBron yep. reported that Duncan Keith, future Hall of Famer, Cup winner, Consmite Trophy winner, all that shit. He is going to shut it down for the final year of this monster contract. Rick, what do you
3: think? Good for him. He deserves it. He's had a hell of a career. I still think, and I know people will want to shit on me, um, but I think what he, he did bring he did bring value last season. I know we don't like paying what we paid for him um, in terms of salary or even to the trade itself, but I think he added a lot to that dressing room and I think he he added well on the ice as well. Um, Yeah. So I think he was a a quality player last year and I'm happy to see him move on. And the fact that we have the opportunity to use that money now, especially now that we know that bigger players are more uh, enticed to come here this season, it's a perfect time for him to walk away.
2: For me, I'm I'm with you. He, I thought well, I didn't like the cost of acquisition. I didn't like the not get Chicago Fair. to retain any salary, but like that's over Fair. with. What he did on the ice, I thought he was fine. He wasn't fantastic. He was, he was
3: better than fine. He, there's a lot of veteran plays that out there that that I think as the young defenseman, even Nurse, as much you learn from that stuff. So I, I there was a lot of value in having him here last year.
2: I, uh, like I said, I thought he was fine. Like I have no complaints with the way he played. I'll put it that way. And I was actually saying to the boys before we started recording, one of my favorite things about Duncan Keith was watching him in the playoffs. Cause he was a filthy fucking hockey player. He really was. He would be hacking at you, cross checking at you. And I, I, I'm going to miss that. I hope Evan sure. Bouchard is going to take some of that saltiness into his game next year as the oldest standing oiler for the 2022, <laughs> 23 season. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on Duncan Keith?
1: Well, first of all, I'll take you back to uh, July the 2nd when a former partner of ours tweeted it out that there was this possibility of a recapture penalty. Oh, and yeah. And we said on that very next podcast, we predicted that this was all a genius move by Ken Holland to have Duncan Keith come in, lead this team, give this team some veteran leadership, and then leave in the offseason via retirement. And that's exactly what happened here. Now, we're not getting the cap recapture penalty, and that's between us and the NHL, and we get to be frustrated by that, again, for this offseason. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really a best-case scenario for the team. Uh, you know, you look at that transaction now of Caleb Jones and, what, the 94th overall pick in last mm. year's draft um, for Duncan Keith. It's, uh, it's not as bad as it was, that's for sure. Liam, Duncan Keith?
4: I can guarantee Duncan Keith played better this season than Caleb Jones was ever going to play for the Oilers.
2: That's a good point, too.
4: Like, I, mm-hmm. the money thing, like, once a trade happened, it sucked. But, like, I think you just got to put it aside. And at the end of the day, like Rick said, Duncan Keith was a good player for the Oilers. Mm-hmm. He brought a lot of value to the team. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of what he was brought in to do, was he not? Like, yep. I don't think yes. anybody thought he was going to come in and be the Norris Trophy winner that he was. Like, Duncan Keith was going to come in and be a veteran on the team to help them get past the first round and have some player success, which is exactly what happened. He played with the guy who's supposed to be the next best defenseman on the Oilers and definitely helped him. I, I like Keith. I liked what he did. Like, I'm I'm not upset that he's gone by any means. I'm quite relieved he's gone now with the money. But, yeah, like, I, I – I think we need to give Holland a bit more credit for that trade than maybe fans have given him. All of us, I think, like I have criticized it a lot too.
2: Yeah, but, I still didn't like the trade, but no, like the player was the great. Day, it was solid.
4: Yeah. The what the goal was to accomplish was
2: accomplished. Yeah, I would agree with that. So we're hanging the banner. Yeah, mission accomplished. And
4: someone said he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, so now we can put the banner Rogers' place.
2: Well, yeah, Keith Duncan Keith. <laughs> yes. Lifelong jersey. Yes. Yeah, lifelong Oiler going into the Hall of Fame.
1: You heard it here first. He's going to the Hockey Hall of Fame wearing an Oilers jersey. That's right.
2: Everybody that's ever known Duncan Keith will remember him as an Edmonton Oilers. Of course, yes. That's all I know. That'll Just be like, like Adam
4: Oates and Claude Giroux when he signs this summer. Of course, yes,
2: of course. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about what how to spend that money here in a second, uh, but first I want to tell you about Cornerstone Insurance or 90 years four generations. Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business right here in Edmonton. With all the products you need, auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, everything. Citizens of the Nation, you can get yourself a little discount as well just by clicking the button that says Citizens of the Nation. Got it? Good. Cornerstoneins.ca is where you go to get the details. Cornerstoneins.ca. So now... The Oilers have about 20-ish million. Unfortunately, we are not going to get that recapture bonus. Bullshit. Which would have been another three, which is hilarious, but okay, whatever. NHL takes shots at the Oilers again.
3: Make up their own rules. What about Chicago Chicago was it a part of the trade? Was that what we were trying to do? Like they were going like take their penalty and give it to us as a positive instead because I was sent a little photo from Cat Friendly, I believe, and it said Chicago's getting ding three million this year.
2: Chicago's getting hit five point five this year and then one point nine next year. So they're getting the recapture penalty. We're just not getting the bonus that was supposed to be there. So they're getting hit five point five three eight this year, one point nine next year, according to Cat Friendly.
3: Yeah, that's what it
1: is. Yeah.
2: So all the money they saved from shipping Kirby Doc <laughs> <laughs> just got clawed right back.
1: Well, that's why it that, that starts to feel like those transactions between DeBrincat and Kirby Doc that maybe Chicago's mm-hmm. hand was forced by I Duncan wonder, Keith's yeah, retirement. Yeah, I wonder if
2: they knew. I wonder if Uncle well, Ken just gave them a heads up, or if Duncan yeah. Keith gave them a heads up.
1: That's what they said during the draft coverage. There was that. They just kind of slipped it in that that Keith has been trying to navigate the minutia around Chicago's issues. Oh. So yeah, I don't know what
3: they're gonna need. Means. They're gonna need it at the rate they're going because they're gonna have to get to the cap floor. Yeah, they are. If moving move out on pieces. from if they're able to move on from either Taves or Kane or somehow both by eating by eating salary or whatever they have to do um all of a sudden they are way under the cat floor i believe
2: if well, they if they um so liam's got cat friendly open right now if they eat say 50 percent of cane somebody will absolutely without question take that
4: i would take that if i was doing this i would too the way they should field for in, sure
2: taves though i see. that one's going to be a tougher sell uh,
4: i think he'll just yeah, i do not, not want the they
1: have to they have to agree to any kind of transaction too they both have yeah no both have
2: no move clauses
1: so I I don't think that those I think those guys probably go at the deadline to someone as a rental. I think both of them would. No,
3: I can't see I can't see a guy like Patrick Kane uh, wanting to stick around on that squad because they're the going to be season.
2: terrible next year.
4: Well, I think there was a report today saying they talking agent is Him talking to c- Chicago, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. Can't remember who said it. Fourth period or something like that. I think his name is
3: man. There, yeah, there's. I think there's a couple other. Pagnotta may have said it. Yeah, there's a yeah, couple people true. out there who said that um their agent uh yeah they're talking about it right now
1: you hate to see it. If, you,
3: if you're patrick kane you want out oh, like i get it like cool i oh. think he said he wanted to stay if they kept the brin cat they got rid of Bryn, the cat and
1: and doc well like, and now they're talking yeah, about patrick kane's to be... gonna want the hell out and is, now they're talking about this... wanting to get rid of seth jones too
2: is yeah <laughs> there was reports that they want to move on from Seth jones as well because the franchise is taking that was a, a, a joke though, wasn't it i don't know was it because i saw it being reported a yeah, bunch of places i've seen it a couple places but well, again, I thought
3: I saw it like in more of a little tongue tongue in cheek type of thing. Oh it could but be yeah, but again how does South Jones feel right now? Ho, ho, ho.
2: But again, this is like we're in the middle of silly season now, so it could honestly go either way. Right now is the time where if you have your shitty cap jokes, it's the time to make it because people will buy it. Or it could also be true because GMs in the NHL are, you know, I watched the draft last night and I saw Peter Shirelli sitting at a draft table. (laughs) Like the NHL is a weird spot, so it could go either way. Um, But back to the Oilers here, 20 plus million dollars in cap space. How are we prioritizing the money? If you're Ken Holland, each of you, all of us, if you're Ken Holland and you've got $20 million to spend, how are you prioritizing the money? One of my first moves that I'm going to make, Brett Kulak by default has to come back. Mark Spector today reported that he's looking for around 2.5 by 4. For me, I sprint to the fax machine, and I sell that all day long.
1: Does that feel like Kulak's camp is, like, undervaluing himself? That, that to me, was a shocking number to get as a... I thought it'd be at least three. That's exactly it. And there's people that were balking at it.
3: I'll it said it. at least two point five 20. so take that with a grain of salt right that could be easily three three point two five at the same time
2: so last year he made one point eight five so he's gonna get a raise no question um we'll and he has to
3: realize the cap's not really gone up at all either right so mm-hmm. it's it's yeah his time right now might be to get his biggest contract possible but it's not exactly a, a player's market with the cap not going up especially a player like him
2: well if uh, so if I'm Ken Holland right now I'm prioritizing. Brett Kulak a little bit. We're just lighter on defense. Oilers need a goalie, and they are quickly falling off the market here faster than maybe we expected. Villy Huso went to
1: Detroit, Detroit, Detroit.
2: signed a new deal. Uh, Kemper has now been made available. His rights have been made available by the Colorado Avalanche. Jack Campbell is out there. Cam Talbot is reportedly unhappy about what's going on in Florida. I'm trying to find the qu- quotes here. I got it right here. Pierre, Le- This is from Pierre Lebrun. Cam Talbot's agent, George Bezos? Jeffrey Bezos Could is Cam be? Talbot's agent. Wow. Wow. He needed the money. No Jeff's problem. cousin, George. What a- is a player. Go to agent. Zach.
3: Go to Zach Lang's tweet after that, though, because it gives a, a Bill Guerin response. to oh, what have GM
2: it. says, I've or what the
3: manager, or the agent says. <laughs> uh,
2: so Cam Talbot's agent George Bezos met with Wild GM Bill Guerin during the third round of the NHL draft, and he said, "We both stated our positions. Billy has a lot to think about." To which Bill Guerin, the GM of the Wild, responded, "I don't have shit to do." Cam Talbot's under contract. George can say whatever the hell he wants. My team's set right now, and that's the way it goes. We can have all the discussions we want. Cam's a member of our team. We really like Cam. All we're trying to do is win. (laughs) You don't... (laughs) That is
1: the least GM-y thing to say, and I absolutely love it. Well, that's a GM that's staring down the barrel of $14 million of dead cap space, to be fair. So to that point,
2: how do you keep... Cam Talbot at 3.6 as your backup.
4: That's kind of what well, I thought, too, is like, why would you want to do that? Like, is a, surely is another goalie you can just go out and get for a million bucks, right? But
1: the play between the two of them, right? Like, for me, Fleury, aging, injured, wasn't even the last goalie that they used during the playoffs. And Talbot was. Talbot was a, was a hot commodity at a couple mm. points during the season. So, I don't know, like... Bill Guerin has to recognize that they have to win games somehow, and maybe he thinks it's going to be from the net out. But when you've got
2: $12.7 million in space that you just can't use, you got to find savings somewhere. And spending 7.1 on your goaltenders, that might not be it.
1: But also you have to remember that Bill Guerin is just going to say, you know, He's gonna tell. Oh, yeah. everybody not, he- that he's not gonna say. Yeah, well, Cam Talbot's free to the next caller that rings my number. Like what? <laughs> I don't but if you that. if
3: you look at if you look at the Minnesota under cap friendly here, I believe they have almost like a full roster here. Yeah, like they got a full roster. Signed. They have eleven. Full yeah, at seven. this rate, I at this rate, I probably wouldn't move them right now either. But,
2: but if you look like got- Liam, like Liam just said, they're a little bit light up front,
1: and that. Team Fair. wasn't very good in the playoffs. Like, just disappeared in the playoffs.
2: They, they just got rid who? of Kevin Fiala. That was Saint one of their Louis. top
1: scorers last year. They played St. Louis in the first year.
3: Yeah, round. but you still got you still got Kaprizov. Then you got Zuccarello. Dude, you have Eriksson You have Felino, they still like. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not like...
1: They haven't signed DeLorea, though.
3: They're not terrible.
2: They're not going to be terrible, but like...
1: I'm not it's considering- gonna be pretty tough
2: to compete when you're when you got that much money you just can't use.
1: I don't look at that Minnesota no, and team. No, that's fair, and
3: I think they realize that. But you, you kind of like, would you rather add another forward in this, or would you rather have that extra um, security blanket type of goaltender? I think just by looking at the roster right now, that three million dollars, I think I'm I'm cool using it in, in that.
1: Yeah, but what if Cam Talbot isn't cool with you using him as a backup?
2: Well, Whoops, that's just he doesn't too. have
1: an option in this.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's like if you really wanted to, you could refuse to report, but that's Cam Talbot's not going to do that. No.
3: Very few NHLers do that. That's yeah, not really an NHL a thing. Feed.
2: Yeah, yeah. So interesting situation around Cam Talbot, but I guess that lends back to the question, how are we prioritizing the others? $20 million? They need a goalie, but who's that going to be?
4: Well, there's all those reports today on Matt Murray.
2: What the fuck is that? I
0: don't know.
2: Like Ken Holland has million. Hey, Ken Holland has to stop looking at the guide record book. I understand the cup rings there, but like he hasn't been good in a hot minute.
3: Okay, yeah, does did actually Holland say something about Murray, or did everyone just start saying Murray and Holland and put in the same sentence? Because sometimes it's the
2: insiders I just, that are putting If, if you can just
3: sit there and put them like he's out there and he's available, but I've heard him. Um, Compa- uh, I've heard him like closer to Toronto than to Edmonton. So are we going to sit there and say, what's well, Dubas doing?
2: Darren,
1: so- Well, yeah, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the team that was looking at him hard was Buffalo. And then, and it,
3: then he refused.
1: It came wave. out and he said, yeah.
4: So I think the connection is Murray said he would waive his no movement clause for Edmonton and Toronto. Yes. That's right? so Darren
2: Drager said, um, uh, Matt yeah, Murray no would support shit. a trade to Edmonton or Toronto. So Toronto go for it, baby. Because what's his cap hit, Liam? Are you looking at it? Six two five. Like that is that is if Matt Murray comes here at six two five, he's going to get eaten up
4: for two more years. But what if Ottawa retains After
2: Ottawa would have to retain. Like there's no other way.
4: If you got that cap down to four million, would you take Matt Murray? What
2: was his stats last year? Two years of Matt Murray.
4: Last year he had a nine oh six in twenty games with a three. Nine oh six is so
2: it's it's not good. You know what
1: else he had? Stanley
4: Cup ring.
2: A guiding record book, I understand. <laughs> but nine oh six is not what we're looking for here.
4: No. And so the last time, last good year was two thousand nineteen with the Penguins when he had a nine one nine save percentage and twenty nine wins on the season.
1: To be fair, we're talking about the Ottawa Senators, not exactly yeah, a uh marquee organization.
4: When he was with Pittsburgh, he was good, as we know. Nine thirty, nine twenty three, nine oh seven, nine nineteen, eight
1: ninety nine. He only played two games in the playoffs and then four games in the playoffs after he won the cup. He got swept in the four games. Good, good, good. That's good. So I don't like that option. The thing that the the thing that
3: that the only, the only upside to that there is that it's only two years. If you look like Kemper, I think it's gonna be four or five. You look at Campbell, it's going to be five. So the rumors say. So the fact that it's two years might be.
2: But do you really want to A waste, little bit better. Not maybe not waste. Who knows how it go, would go potentially? But would you really want to put a two-year gamble on such a critical position?
3: Uh not really. But um, you guys, what, what's their belief in, in Stuart Skinner right now? I don't think it's overly high.
2: He's got what thirteen NHL games played. You yeah. can't. You can't have your set sight your uh, sights set too high on Skinner. Obviously, your hopes are high, but like mm. expectations shouldn't be that high.
4: On a shutout streak, though.
2: That is true. His yeah. last game was a shutout.
4: Yeah, so it could continue. Yeah, um, I, I mean,
2: he hasn't let in an NHL goal since.
4: What's the gamble difference between Murray and Jack Campbell?
2: I would say recently Campbell's been more consistent. I mean, like, Matt Murray played in the AHL last year.
4: Yeah, apparently, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I'm sure he had, like, some... Conditioning stint. I something. think it was some like you, you know, can send def- a
2: goalie to the AHL on a conditioning stint.
4: No, he got sent down for sure. <laughs> he 100 percent got sent down. Only and played 20 games. That was like a big like mental thing for him. Mike McKenna was talking about it once. I can't remember exactly what he said, but I it was something weird was going on with him.
1: Well, let's get Ottawa. Mike McKenna on the podcast, Liam. I don't call him. Let's do it. Oh, Ring. I
2: Hello, Mike McKenna here, barbecuing <laughs> in St. Take, Louis. Is this where we take that? Shout out to Nelly and City Spud.
1: That forced ad break, Liam. Do we have to I, do? I do don't that? know how this works. I don't we have to know. Do a special ad break? Let's go to break.
2: I don't want to go to break. <laughs> <laughs> just to this. Like, what? Uh, so what else do we? What else we got that needs to be prioritized, boys? Do you uh, think now that this pa- cap space opens up that it, it's, Evander Kane could come back now?
3: He's still here. No. You no, no? I don't think so because the rumor was that all the Oilers were offering was to top up his his settlement to what he was supposed to be getting. And that was way off of what he wanted. Um, I think they're actually going to look at sort of the Giroux Strom type combo where you can get two players to cover the offense and utilize them more in depth roles as well.
2: I just, I can't see, like I know the Giroux rumors are fun. I just can't see him signing here after playing his entire career in the East.
3: Like What's he gonna do? Go to Ottawa? Well, I guess now Ottawa doesn't look as bad, but still. Ottawa I, doesn't I mean, look as
2: bad. You I can't imagine there's not like a a Washington type out there that always seems to find a way to make these things work. Like someone on the east. Why coast.
3: not us? We're we're I guess the travel part, I completely understand that, especially for a dude who's like thirty-four or whatever his age is. But I mean, like if you wanna win, dude, we were just in the in the final four. He's, and we played it with about eight forwards. Um, one of which was hurt. We played it with our best defense in being hurt, and we played it with a goaltender who was not great, and we still made the final four. This is a real roster. If you want to win, you come. You, you have to seriously give Edmonton uh, a serious consideration.
2: Oh, I'm not saying he shouldn't give Edmonton serious consideration. I just don't think. I don't think he comes here, and I think it's just going to be. He's played what 13 years in the league at this point. And they've all been in the East, easy travel. I don't know that he'd want to do it at this point. Unless, of course, Edmonton's going to extend him longer than just one, two years so that he can settle a little bit. You know, he's got kids and a family. That makes sense to me. I just, I would be I could, shocked if Claude Giroux is an Edmonton Oiler.
3: I think it's, and this is strictly from absolutely nowhere. Uh, I think it's more probable than shocking if, uh, yeah, to me personally,
1: why why not get into the Nazim Kadri sweepstakes?
3: I would love because I think
1: he's gonna he's gonna make. I would them. love
3: the type of player, but he's gonna be he's gonna his contract's gonna be more than what he's gonna bring to you.
2: And he's a thirty-one year old, so you know he's gonna cash in on on what was a monster season for him down with the Avalanche. So at thirty, yeah, he's
3: gonna look for a seven-year contract for sure. He had twenty-eight
2: goals, fifty-nine assists for eighty-seven points. He's going to get paid. He is going to get
3: paid. And from what I hear, Giroux is not oh. going to get more than like a three-year um, for many quality teams anyway. So
2: so we'll see. Giroux had 65 points in 75 games, so he's still producing. I Again, I'd love to have him. He can still take face-offs, right shot. There's lots to like about Clo Giroux. His beard game is excellent. Yep. I just, I just can't see it happening.
4: What about Ryan Strom and Dylan Strom?
2: The Strom brothers. Double trouble. I'd like to see that. We dress them up like the Bushwhackers and make them skate on the ice and they've weighed their arms in the air like that? Yeah. I'd like that.
3: That could be something. Come on, that's perfect. I love the Bushwhackers reference. Of
2: course. Um, Ryan Strom, how did he do? So 21 goals, 33 assists for 54 points.
3: He's going
4: to get overpaid.
2: Yeah, he's going to get overpaid.
4: But maybe if he wants to play with his brother and we get Dylan.
2: And they have Bushwhacker uniforms.
4: Yes, again.
2: Which is, I mean... Include that as part of the pitch package. Mm-hmm. Both are friends with Connor. Yes. You know, I would have time for Dylan Strohm. I would a,
4: too. I would actually like that a lot.
2: I would because that would be a guy that can chip in with a little bit of offense. He had a twenty goal season in Chicago,
4: and he's big. He's six
3: foot three.
2: We love big guys. Yeah. Well, like
3: especially if we're gonna move one.
2: Of course, if
4: we love him that much. We're gonna trade.
3: Hold on, hold on, because everything coming out in the last twenty minutes, as the <laughs> Holland said, they were nowhere near. So, moving Poolie RV yesterday or today.
4: I meant Cassian. And
2: oh, yeah. You oh. said massive. <laughs> yeah. So, Dylan Strom's going to have to learn how to drop the mitts, too. I don't know if he's had any scraps on hockeyfights.com, but you can check that out in your own time. No. no oh, ah. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got over there, Liam?
4: Mason Marchman.
2: 54 games. He had 18 goals, 29 assists for 47 points.
4: 27 years old. Can play either side. He's a lefty.
2: Is he big? How big is he?
4: He's like six foot three, I think, and he's a pain.
2: Well, there's need more annoying players. Yeah, that is something, especially with like Cassian leaving. They need guys that can be annoying. Six, with
3: six, with Kane, maybe with Kane, probably not coming back. They need someone with that. But that's where I think, like, uh, so we're an extra Claude Giroux could get away with some of that stuff. He's older. He's been around. He's not gonna get pushed around and he'll push back. He may not drop the gloves like Kane does, but I think he'll do everything up until that part.
4: See, that's why I think someone like Marchman could do a job. Because he had almost twenty goals this season. he had eighteen and fifty-four on Florida, who's a highly offensive team. So are the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Like why can't he do exactly the same here on a wing with McDavid or Dreisaitl? You know, like he could kind of fill that void a little he's like almost like a poor man's Evander Kane, Andy's four years younger. Maybe I think that's a pretty good option if they wanted to go down that route. Three years younger, sorry.
2: So Liam, if you're looking at it, you're Ken Holland. You got $20 million to spend. Potentially more if they do decide to trade Barry still. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying now that the Keith retirement happened that they're less likely to trade Barry, but I don't, necess- I don't understand why those are connected. If you've got Bouchard as that guy, I'd like to bolster up the defense with a guy who just shuts it down.
4: I, yeah, I think Barry's almost blocking the way for Bouchard. Yeah. That power play, just yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like I think you I
3: don't I don't think I don't think he gets number one power play next year if they're both here. I think Bouchard gets that hands down. So I then, think they like the way that he played in the playoffs, Barry, but uh and he didn't look terrible when it came to de- defensively, but no. he's definitely gonna be the third the third right hand defenseman, right? I mean, like he's gonna be dropping down there.
4: That kinda adds to the point. He was he came in to be the quarterback of the power play mm-hmm. so if he's not going to do that anymore then why do you need him when yeah. you have nurse and broberg who are probably both capable I, of
3: doing that right Nurse, i agree months. there's there's yeah number two for sure i agree yeah. there's probably better options out there for barry's money in the position we want barry to play um but i also think he probably brings something to the dressing room too that re- we really don't uh can't really measure and that's going to be part of it too like if you're going to bring it bring somebody in you need someone who's going to be Good in the room if that's what you're replacing Barry with. Hmm.
4: And so when you so say the others keep Barry, your parents are going to be Nurse, Cici, Kulak, Bouchard, Broberg,
2: Barry. That can't be the third parent.
4: That's your option right now, isn't it? Unless you play Barry with Kulak. But then you play Bouchard and Broberg, or you play Nurse and Bouchard.
2: Yeah. So I, to me, that tells me they need upgrades on defense because mm-hmm. you don't
3: want i have i have a different way of thinking idea. about it i i want to see them go a seven defenseman because it eases up on the uh yeah. on the what you're asking for out of the brobergs so i could see that seven defenseman being whether it be Nima line russell um whether they like um the right-handed big defenseman down there um because it gives it gives that young guy some experience it, it, it eases up on what you're asking out of broberg we have the offensive firepower to play with only f- only 11 forwards. I really like the going 11 and 7 into this year when you have the youth on D that we have because w- the way that Mattson was able to deal with it last year, it really helped the young guys uh, and what was on their plate, I
2: think. I just think they need to get... I-, I always want... It doesn't matter who you have on defense. I always want upgrades on defense. Yeah. Always. And I think that the Oilers could probably try and figure that out
1: somehow. I would like but to But you got to do the goaltender
3: first though, right?
1: Perhaps. I don't know anymore. I know that like the the broadcast, somebody, I think it was Drager said that there's like 14 teams right now that are looking for a goalie, yeah. which I don't necessarily agree with, but I do think that there is some team still looking. I just feel like the pieces are moving and like, Yes, I I think that if you can make a transaction for a goalie that's currently with an organization, like a Connor Hellebuck, that you could- Yeah, Hellebuck, let's do it. If you could do that, that, let's do it. But otherwise, like we talked about it last week, I think um, on this podcast about how maybe you just wait and see now. Maybe you see how the goalies kind of shake down- Because so many teams have already jumped the gun and made a transaction for a goalie,
3: I don't know. But those are goalies. I don't think we were considering because I don't like, and I've said this before. I don't think we were really confident bringing in that goal goalies that young, right? So whether it be Gorgiev or Huso, um, if if you had like a Smith or or, uh, a backup veteran. I think you went after him a little harder. You might be upset right now, but I don't think they wanted to walk into the season, into the dressing room with Connor and Leon there after coming out of the the Western finals and say, here's your two goaltenders. They have about a hundred games played.
2: I would say the exact same thing on defense though. Connor and Leon are going to want upgrades on the, on the, on defense and in net for sure. So if you're looking at like right now, Darcy Camper is probably the best UFA. Jack Campbell's in there. Braden Holtby is available. Halak, no thank you. Martin Jones, no thank you. Dustin Tokarski, I forgot he existed. Thomas Grice.
4: That's what I'm worried about. I'm worried we get in the same situation as we did last season, where it's like, okay, who do you want, Mike Smith or Aaron Dell? Because those are the options at the end of the day, and I just don't see how it's. I just don't know how they can just sit around and wait anymore. Like they need to get on a Darcy Kemper train, find out if he actually wants to be an Edmonton Oilers, then trade whatever pick Colorado want I don't. I don't
3: think. Best. I. I don't think I would touch Kemper. T- I didn't like. I. He wasn't at the top of my list when he when he's coming out of Arizona, and he's definitely not the top of my list right now. Like who's number one? I think I'd who's rather on your go, list? especially when you have to sign him UFA. I'd almost rather go Holtby. Or, I don't think Holby. You would know, someone's going to be two two years of a, of a quality backup playing thirty five games and giving Skinner the other fifty something. Um, I'd rather go that way because you know it's it's easier to get out of that. Yeah, Kemper doesn't. He doesn't make me feel good about the goaltending position.
2: I don't think Holby would come here. A couple right. years ago, there was rumblings that he just doesn't want any part of the hometown local kid kind Wasn't of thing. He's from Lloydminster. Was it? That was before it, he signed I get it. Last Vancouver.
4: Always oh, Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would rather have a goalie come in and Stuart Skinner prove that he can actually be the number one goalie, mm-hmm. than just bring in an old guy thinking Stuart Skinner will just take the reins. Yeah, with no, but NHL I just, games I temporary.
3: The the, the 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 money and the and the term for for a UFA is what scares me. Mm-hmm.
4: That's why I think Kuso would have been a good pick for the Oilers because he was only 27. What did he sign for in Detroit? Three years. Yeah,
2: four
3: three and and a half, half. four yeah. and a bit. Yeah, and it
4: wasn't even that crazy of money. Like, you could have had those two guys running at eight million for two years, would that have been so bad? You just had right. costing them for three years at four and a half. So, definitely an upgrade in both for both of them. I don't know. I just think the Oilers need to get off their hands and find the goalie before it just slips away like it has last year, the year before, and the year
2: before that. What do you whispering? Well, I mean the Hellebuck. Yeah, Just Winnipeg, blow it up. Just keep it going. Nobody wants to go what's to Winnipeg.
3: Go, what's it going to cost for Hellebuck though? Because we really can't. I, there's not, We don't there's have not the access to lose anybody pick. off the roster.
2: I would absolutely start trading prospects if it meant for a guy like Hellebuck. I would give up if, a, if, guy if they on the like roster. want a guy like Broberg or something like that. If that's like one of the prospects they want, peace. Yep. See you later.
4: I'd give up Skinner and Broberg for Hellebuck.
2: Wow. Wow.
4: Like, why do you need Skinner if you have Hellebuck?
1: Then you can just sign Eric Comrie out of their free agent. There you list. go. Right. <laughs> well, if you, if you, how, what's what's Hellebuck got on his contract still? Two
2: years left at about six and change.
1: I'm just saying, if we
3: two keep years left, so it, you play Hellebuck for two years, um, you give Skinner two more years to develop behind him, and if you feel like Skinner can be a number one, you got a number one you can use um, Hellebuck in a trade at that point.
1: I don't even remember where this Hellebuck conversation came <laughs> uh, from. We still, we made it all but, up, but but I saw an insider talk about it last week oh, they're listening to us they're hearing this hella buck so let's keep shaking it loose boys and girls i'll, I'll buy Hellebuck.
2: you the bus ticket myself to get here i'll pick you up liam will pick you up where though well the bus are you days, driving right
3: are you driving them right from like the arena in winnipeg fargo,
2: fargo. no no I i'm right. gonna buy him a bus ticket Liam will get him from See, the station. Come on,
3: guys, we got to we got to step <laughs> up here. Drive out to Winnipeg, buy him a plane ticket, drive him to the nearest airport, <laughs> and then fly. You don't got to drive him the whole way. Or you got to show him that you got to show D- him that first class. Uh, that first class love.
2: Daryl Cates lands the PJ on one of the roads right outside the MTS Center. Or whatever Portage it's Avenue. Yeah, on Portage Avenue, yes. the PJ. We the cleared street out. I know uh, of in
1: Winnipeg.
2: The PJ lands. That's how we get him out. I'm down. Right? There you go. Uh, other news, obviously. It's the draft we're talking about. Liam, what do you know about Reed Schaefer, our new friend that was picked at number 32?
4: I know he played for the Spruce Grove Saints, so he's very local. Oh, local boy. Yeah. Um, but he's big. Yeah, he's big. One, I was putting some highlights together of him. He can shoot the puck pretty good, which is promising. I feel like he's just going to be a middle six guy for the Others down the road.
1: I was kind of thinking you were going to say you can shoot the puck, which would have been. That I said is nice. that. Oh, you did say yeah. well, you said good. <laughs> you qualified well. it. You gave us a good qualifier.
4: Yeah. Uh, the Oilers want to, it seems like they want to fast track getting these guys into the actual Oilers lineup. Like Schaefer's an 0-3 and this was an
1: 0-4 draft.
2: Mm-hmm as a quirk on that Ryan Pike from flames nation sent me a note saying because he's a late birthday, if the Oilers sign Schaefer before the end of 2022, they'd actually get an additional slide year and his ELC could last four years instead of three. It's a weird CBA quirk, but it's the same one that the flames used on Connor Zary.
4: Yeah. And I'm sure that was a consideration. Cause I don't think he was the best player available at that point. Like I know a lot of people like that, uh, Jagger focus names. Great. He was great. Uh, But if you get an extra year, it's all about saving money with McDavid and Dreisaitl.
2: Chris Peters from DailyFaceOff.com had uh, Schaefer in his draft rankings. So he said, a late bloomer that broke out this season. Schaefer was a major part of Seattle's run to the WHL finals. He's big, skates well for his size, and put up 32 goals in 66 games. He plays the game with strength, but also has a soft touch on the puck, which led him to rising up draft boards throughout the season. Uh, low tap If he's
3: an old draft, if he's an old draft, does that mean he can play in uh, Baco next year? Does he have, still have to go back to he's junior? Got
2: one year left. One year. One year left with Seattle, and that's not the worst thing either for that kid. You know,
4: I remember no. watching him in Spruce Grove and was wondering how he would even do last in the WHL. Why is that? Just because he didn't contribute like a ton offensively. Like he was just a big physical presence, and he did a good job of it. He protects the puck well and all that kind of stuff. But now it seems just, we pulled up the numbers here, it seems like he's kind of rounded out his offensive game quite a bit, and those other tools are still pretty good, and now he has 32 goals in 66 games and 88 penalty minutes.
1: And I feel like you guys are leaving out the most important parts of this. He's from Edmonton, Mm. and he was an Edmonton Oilers fan growing up, and he envisioned himself being on this team during our playoff run.
4: I would like to make a quick comment on that. Go ahead. To call out our new Reed, Reed Schaefer. When his graphic came up on the thing, he <laughs> said his favorite team was the Vegas Golden
3: Knights. Nice. What? <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: that is and rude and disrespectful. Goes,
4: how are you, you? You are not a Vegas Golden Knights fan, Reed. There's no
2: way nobody There's is.
4: A team <laughs> four years old. Doesn't make any sense.
2: From Craig Button at TSN, he says Schaefer has certainly proven projections wrong during his NHL draft season. He opened up this year with a C rating from NHL Central Scouting, which is assigned to those considered candidates to be picked in the fourth round or later he was number 85 on the mid-season list of north american skaters but after scoring 32 goals in 66 games he rocketed up to number 31 in our final rankings so there you go there and if you, you your... look
3: at some of the comparable names i kind of like if he grows into this because i was even listening to um to gazola this morning and he was comparing him to tanner janeau out of uh, out of nashville
2: i wouldn't mind that. Because you know yeah, what? exactly. If you get a late first-round pick, so I did the history of 29th overall picks. Obviously, the Oilers traded down to 32 over the last decade. It's a mixed bag. So if this guy can actually get into being a middle six forward for the Oilers, that is A-OK with me. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And we love our big boys around here. And that is what he is. Yep. He is a big, big boy.
4: Six-foot-three, 214 pounds.
2: Mm-hmm. Room to grow. To Room to grow. He probably knows all the best donor shops in town, too. Uh, rounding out the draft, the Oilers only had four picks this year. Samuel Jonson, giant goalie, 158th. That was in the fifth round. Nikita. Ooh. Go ahead. <laughs> Yevseyev. Nikita Yevseyev at 190th overall. And Yol Mata at 222nd overall rounds of things out. Liam, you shook your head at that one.
4: It's So obvious why they picked him.
2: Why is that? Because
4: Todd Woodcroft is a head coach of the University of Vermont.
2: Todd Woodcroft?
4: Yes, who is Jay Woodcroft's yeah.
3: brother. Ah. Same so, as Mun- uh, same so as the Munzenberger something. pick from last season.
1: Yeah, that's some inside information. But that team isn't good. But what if <laughs> like, Joel Matta is the reason they're not worse? He was on the team. I know, but they would be worse without him.
4: I think they had four wins last season. Well,
1: what if they only had one without him? <laughs> he dance, taking the, he's he's drinking very, the Kool-Aid. Very good the point. I, hey, if there's one person I'm going to believe in, it's a Woodcroft.
4: I believe in Tyler Wright. Every pick he makes, I believe in him.
1: Would so, you say he's right? Most right of the time? I would say
4: he's right very often. Mm-hmm. I would say last year he was right on all of the picks.
2: Um, so last year was Xavier Gaborgo, Luca Munzenberger, Alex, don't call me Jake Chase on Matt Vey Petrov, Shane Lechance, and Maximus. Ooh, I like that name, Maximus mm. Weiner. Weiner, Weiner. Maximus could be Weiner. Could have been.
4: Never know. There you Either go. way, Maximus is a fucking
2: <laughs> cool-ass name. Shout out to that. A lot of good names. There's some great names coming through Zabby these Able, days. Goal. That
3: guy, that guy who went to Winnipeg. Oh.
2: Who's the guy that went to Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Brad, Brad Lambert.
3: No, no, no. He was like a Rutger or something like that. Oh,
2: oh yeah, yeah. Rutger mcrorty Yeah.
3: He was the other one yeah, St.
4: Louis. I liked his name a lot. Smurga Sh- 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 or something like that?
2: St. Louis Blues draft picks. One second, William. I'll help you out here. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy Snuggerud. Yeah, that one.
3: Every year. Hey, if that dude's, la- if that dude's nickname isn't Superfly, every <laughs> one of his teammates is, leaving, is letting him down.
2: I don't know. Yeah, well, it'll be because they're all kids now at this point. Do they even know about it? Do they even? Know I the
3: sure account? as hell hope so. That's that's got to stick
1: around. Mm-hmm. Every year, I get tricked by one of those meme accounts that just goes in and makes up all these draft picks names, and it, it's like I can't even believe some of these are names. It's like frigid air <laughs> and just like no. Well,
2: it is interesting back. once you get into the later rounds of the draft too, because I wrote the news piece for Others Nation for the fifth round pick for the goalie. And there was nothing on the internet about this kid. So I'm like, "To," I said to Coomzee in the sixth round, I'm like, good luck on this one. And then Zach in the seventh, it's just, what are you going to do sometimes? Yeah. What are you going to do?
3: What's hey, for, for the record, Gregor, I think Gregor pointed out the best name of all that. he went to Columbus, Luca Dell bell Baloos.
2: Yeah. Liam's got beef. Go ahead, Liam.
3: Am I doing this?
2: Yeah, go yes. ahead.
4: <laughs> so i contacted the people in charge of luke del Bell Balooz, <laughs> and <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good conversation we got an interview lined up i started the zoom call i waited i waited <laughs> and i waited even longer and luke del Bell Balooz <laughs> did not show up to my interview with
1: him. Would you say he made you sing the Del Bell Baloo's? He
4: made me lose, and I had the Baloo's. <laughs> so I was hoping. Never mind. So
1: you hate him? You were hoping he's gonna go undrafted.
4: There was a couple of guys. There was OHL guys. I won't call out the other guy, Michael Bushinger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to give a little background on this, Liam Liam gives us an update every Tuesday on how he's yes. doing for the week, and and every week he was giving us an update about such and such a player that ghosted him or such and such a player that refuses to answer his I've got
2: some interviews lined up this week. It's going to be with this guy, that guy. We're like, great, Liam, let us know how it goes.
1: Next week. Yeah. Well, none of them show up. I've got, I've got these interviews lined up now because so and so didn't show up. Yeah, but shout
4: out to Adam Ingram, Quinn Finley, and Nick Moldenhauer, He did show up <laughs> to the interviews.
1: Congratulations again. <laughs> Those awesome. are
2: upstanding young men. We wish them the best. Thank you for the interviews.
1: So next year, draft picks, when you hear Liam's name come up, answer the damn Oh, you call answer
2: ahead. the call. You show up for your Zoom meeting,
1: Luca Del Belbeloos.
2: Come on. Uh, that takes us to Ask the Idiots, boys. We are running a little bit long here so far, but that's okay. It's draft week. We've got lots to talk about. Ask the Idiots questions came in, a couple of them, over the last couple of days here that are draft-related slash cap-related. Uh, Busterspizza.ca. There's a location near you, I promise. Pizza, pasta, donair, combos, combination of all of them. Maybe you get yourself some kind of seven-course meal, all from Buster's. You start with some breadsticks, maybe, salad, keep it light. Then you move on from there, Buster'sPizza.ca. Ask the Idiots here. I'm going to start with Liam. First question that came in. You get a chance to rub Gary Bettman's head, and he grants you one wish to make an amendment (laughs) to anything NHL-related. Not gameplay related though it can be rules, it could be cap, it could be trade rules changing. Is there a rule that just annoys you that you would like to change that is not specifically about what goes on on the ice
4: um, maybe this is a better one, but don't change your rules as they go, as you please I like guess. the cap recapture penalty like bonus the neil thing yep, I would say that just like stick to your rule book. those are the rules don't sway from it. Maybe that's a cheap way out, but that's what I'll say when I'm rubbing Gary on the head.
2: Dan, you got it. you're going to rub Gary on the head now, and you get one wish to make a non-gameplay-related rule change or change of some kind. What do you got?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I love the idea of just walking up to random people and rubbing their heads to see if you get a wish granted from them, but uh, I'm excited to find out that this is the way that this works with Gary, and my rule change would be <laughs> um, if or after every game, it's open season in the press conferences afterwards. You can say whatever the hell you want and there is no repercussions whatsoever. I think that the hockey needs a little bit more wrestling to it and I would love to hear some coaches just be able to tee off on the referees or the other team after after games. So to me, you get diplomatic immunity for post-game press conferences.
2: I would also like to have just no more media training the players. I'd like to have a little bit more NFL, a little bit more personality, a little bit more wrestling in their interviews, getting pucks in deep, Doing their best, you know, all that shit sucks. Rick, what's a change that you'd like to make?
3: Oh, I wanted to say like the the rubbing the guy on the head who you don't really know doesn't really go that doesn't go all that well. If you want to ask Gene shorts about that a couple yeah, of years yeah, ago, yeah, you'll but, be asked uh, to
2: leave the pint if that happens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna rub him on the head and go. You know what, Gary? I think it's about time this league and every and all the all the white collars running it in front of cameras to the public admit that you're not always 100% right admit some of your faults you'll come off better in the long run uh, just enough of the whole we always start the game on time and those type of things where they just does never admit any type of fault it's okay to admit some faults nobody's perfect it's show us a little show us a little bit of vul- vulnerability
2: i'm just going to i'm going to give this as a rule change you know what if the game if you say the game starts at 7 i want it to start at 7 how's that or do what baseball does and say puck drop at whatever. But tell... Yeah, yeah. 7 That's when it starts. And it'll be like, okay, I know I've got seven minutes of nonsense here. Got it. But don't do this thing where you say, like in the playoffs, I'm thinking of Battle of Alberta, second round. Oilers, in case you forgot, 1-4-1. Five games, Flames were up. That sounds good. <laughs> did sound good.
4: How was Markstrom?
2: Markstrom was not good. Um, but there'd be like, 8 o'clock start, and we'd... Ca- we'd s- it would be like eight thirty, eight thirty-five by the time the game got going. Stop it! But the rule change that I would make—I said it last week on the podcast. I think maybe it was real life. I don't remember. I would do franchise player tags.
1: That was on our oh, podcast. That's a good one, that Connor McDavid.
2: Good. You are now the franchise tag. You do not count against the cap. Franchise tag.
4: Keep the cap the same. Yep. You get to keep take one player off. That would that might cause a ruckus between yeah. the players too. Mm-hmm. You a like F one, where guys don't want to admit that he's the lead
2: yep hmm. exactly it franchise tag
1: yeah. but like like we said on on the tuesday podcast who would you franchise tag if you're arizona Andrew zach cassian that's Chikrin. what i mean like it's just, you basically are just clayton, keller. But, clayton but keller but there's yeah, a probably. guy that doesn't want to be there right in Chickrin, arguably
4: well if you treated him that well
1: yeah yeah you're the franchise because like, like the nfl they'll franchise wow. tag like offensive linemen on bad teams i right? just like, thought
4: of a fun one
2: go ahead it
1: just came in
4: my head you get eliminated from the draft lottery if every three years. So if you're in the draft lottery for three years in a row, the fourth year you're not allowed to be in the draft lottery.
1: That was known as the Edmonton Oilers rule. That when they yeah, they ready. tried to make that work. Yeah. We, we just actually. kept winning them
2: anyway.
4: But no, you're just out. Like you pick sixteen, whatever it is. Great. That's fine. Like if you don't make the playoffs, because then it forces teams to actually try and be good.
2: Mm-hmm. Another one I would do: if you request a trade your no move is void.
4: Mm. Yep.
2: Yeah. I, I hate those that's when it's like, one. you can only trade me to one or two teams. Like, what is that?
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I actually heard this one from Gregor the other day and it was really, I think it was on the rundown. He was talking about how the NHL should adapt the contracts that the NBA do for players. So rookies, what well, you can't be a full free agent until you're over 25 uh, but you get like a rookie max deal. And then after that, you can basically get as much money as you want. I think that might be good.
1: I have another rule. Go ahead. No more Ticketmaster. Mm. End Ticketmaster's control of straight the tickets. To the door. Dan wants to sell the tickets from his house. I would like to sell the tickets for the Oilers. He's Let got big know. boxes of them Give in me his a garage. Dan at OilersNation.com. Send mm-hmm. me an email. Oilers, I yeah, know you're listening. Any other rules? Last call?
2: That's
4: it.
1: Yeah, no. Like off-ice rules...
2: Oh, I got... Actually, I mean, I guess it's a gameplay rule. I'm getting rid of the shootout. I'm extending the three-on-three OT. Yeah. Endless OT? Endless three-on-three OT? No, I, just, yep. I would just... I'd say ten minutes of... If you
3: don't, it's not endless, then it, then, then there's going to be ties again. I'm fine with ties. I'm fine, with ties. Out, so I'm I'm fine with ties. So I'm going to say
2: three... I've got ten minutes of three-on-three OT. That's going to get guys further down the, the roster onto the ice. That's going to cause mismatches. It's going to be fun. I, More ga- games will end.
1: I think we fixed the shootout by making it that the other team picks your shooters.
2: Or you put a player in net, not your goalie.
1: But then you have to put your backup goalie in. Posts.
2: Oh, you got to play posts <laughs> like
1: in Mighty Ducks. Everybody like that. You
4: could just do no time on the three-on-three. Three. They end so quickly I, anyway. I,
1: I would argue that endless three-on-three three OT might be the best thing, and people just yeah. don't think about it because all of a sudden your roster goes from having four lines with three defensive lines to having what... Math Tyler
2: wants back in, Liam
1: Tyler. Math oh, uh, 13. Perfect timing, Tyler. You need to help me with this math. It's here.
4: also an iPhone 13,
1: though. Oh, Tyler, you're like now. Tyler is doing so well for himself.
2: He's got an iPhone 14. It's that's not actually not even an
1: yet. iPhone 12, but he just calls it iPhone 13. <laughs> yeah,
2: you relabeled it.
4: But I so on the three on three thing, it would also eliminate the guys just holding on to the puck.
1: Yeah,
2: because maybe cause no, uh. Maybe in three on three OT also you get rid of the over and back, kind of like an NBA yep. type thing, so oh. they don't keep circling back like yeah. they always do.
1: But that's a really good point, Liam, because if you if you just log jam the star players like they tend to do right now, which is just possession game and yeah. take off the star players, then all of a sudden you're playing your fourth liners against our second liners. Yeah. You know, like yeah. So I, it's, it's so to
2: do it. We are watching Tyler walk on the Zoom call. I don't know if he can hear me or not.
1: That's a in, bus station. What up? That's yeah. a bus for sure. Oh, no, he's outside.
2: Tyler, we're doing Ask the Idiots. You are rubbing Gary Bettman on the head, and you get one rule change that's not pertaining to what happens on the ice. So we've talked about, I brought up bringing uh, franchise tags back in again. We talked about eliminating no movement clauses if you've asked for a trade. Is there a rule that you would love to change in the NHL that is not necessarily pertaining to what happens on the ice?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, One that I heard floated out this weekend that uh, really piqued my interest was limiting veteran player contracts. So once you hit, say, 30 years old, you cannot sign a contract that's more than five years long. And I actually think this is something that could benefit every party in terms of the PA and the leagues. Obviously, it would prevent GMs from shooting themselves in the foot with terrible, terrible contracts. It would save them from themselves. And also for the NHLPA as a whole, if you don't have older players on these terrible contracts that eventually just need buyouts, there could be more money to go around to the younger players, guys in their primes, right? So I, I wonder if maybe that's something that I would do, but that's kind of the first one that popped into my head.
3: Do you think the PA would be okay with that, though? Like, I know you just said it, it
0: would. I just I just,
3: I just don't see how the older guys would be like, man, if you turn 31, I want that, seven, that seven-year contract. Why are you kicking yeah. us out to the, uh, the curb when I'm 35 and bring on this 22-year-old kid? I'm still better than him.
2: You're going to have to yeah, do the that's... math in your head when you're resigning those contracts, though. You're going to have to be like, okay, my contract ends when I'm 30 or 29, and then you sign a longer one. You have to do a little forward thinking.
0: Yeah, I, it was just an idea to kind of get some more player movement going around the league as well. But you're right, Rick. The reason why it ultimately probably wouldn't happen is because, you know, the, the PA is generally led by the older generation of players, and those guys want to look out for, in some ways, the older generation of players. I think it's a good point by you.
2: Question number two, ask the idiots. The Oilers now have roughly $20 million in cap space with guys going on to the LTIR. Is there really a reason they have to keep Tyson Berry, Tyler?
0: No, there's not. There's no reason why they should keep Tyson. Well, I shouldn't say no reason. There is an argument to be made for why you would keep Tyson Berry, but... I still think they'd be better off moving him. Listen, Cody CeCe on the right side handles all of your tough assignments, okay? Evan Bouchard can be your power play, second pairing guy, wherever you need to put him. He can do the offensive stuff that you need. That means Cody CeCe is locked in to be your, or sorry, Tyson Berry is locked in to be your third pairing defenseman. And you're paying him $4.5 million. If you can move on from him and get a guy who's cheaper and maybe even better in that role, then maybe you can spend that money elsewhere. Like uh, the idea I floated out in my article was, you know, if you moved on from Barry and then use that money to sign both of Talvin DeHaan and Mark Pissick, a guy who can play the left and right side in Dehan, a guy who's the strict righty in Mark Pissick, are you not maybe better off spending that money? And maybe that duo is even cheaper than four and a half million dollars, but even if it was four and a half, are those two maybe not more valuable than just Tyson Barry alone? So, I don't think this Keith thing should be stopping the Oilers from uh, from making a, a move on Tyson Berry, but we'll see what happens.
2: Uh, just if you're listening to this podcast right now, so Tyler, is where are you walking right now? Are you walking back to the hotel?
0: Yeah, I just got back to my hotel.
2: So Tyler's walking back to his hotel and he's filming from underneath himself. I don't know if any of you are on TikTok as much as I am, but he kind of looks like that kid that's got the camera on his face that loves trains.
4: <laughs> Friends, Francis? Yeah. He's just
2: like... He, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like that. He just really looks like that kid that loves trains on TikTok. Uh, Dan, does the key thing mean Barry has to stay?
1: I don't, I, yeah, I'm with Poor Tyler. God. I'm with Tyler in the sense that like, why do you have to stop improving your team at one? Um, so yeah, I, like to me, the sky is now the limit for this team. There's a lot of different ways that we can look at this. We talked about it before Tyler got on the podcast, talking about priorities to spend that money. And for me, uh, that's in the net, but you know, you look at making a transaction with Tyson Barry, and then all of a sudden maybe a uh, John Klingberg is a, is a new person that you, identify as a as a guy to bring in i don't know like there's there's a ton of options and a ton of things that have just kind of opened up in the last two days and i have to give uh ken holland a ton of credit for that so yeah i don't think that you need to uh necessarily make make a move but i also don't think that it stops you from making that move and continuing to make your team better liam
4: uh yeah i don't think tyson Berry needs to just I like tyler's pick of mark Pissick, right defenseman also right winger had a hat trick last year on the right wing no, he
2: did not. Yes, really,
4: he did. He played forward for one game and had a hat trick, and only had three goals all season. Wow. Yeah. So you got to think that you know a bit of diversity there. You know, <laughs> I right
2: like way. how he's listed on Cat Friendly as an RD <laughs> slash right winger. <laughs> That's so funny. Right,
4: so yeah, I just think why not just move a lot, move him on. You can probably get something for Barry too. Sure add a little bit of depth to your lineup, they're probably going to bring some
3: more to your, to your team. Like, I wouldn't keep him alone. Rick, what do you think? Uh, obviously, you don't have to keep him. Um, there's worse moves out there to have, so he's not the worst player. But I do believe, like, uh, there might be better situational players out there. I think you still want to keep a veteran around. So whether it be DeVahan and Pissik or one of the two or whatever – I think you need it, it has to be a bit of a veteran, a bit of a dressing room presence, someone who's been around and done some things and seen some stuff. But um, no, you're not definitely not forced to keep them.
2: I think I I have no problem with Tyson Berry. So I'm going to start with saying that. Me too. I have zero problem with Tyson Berry. But I think if Evan Bouchard is going to come eat his lunch money on the power play in terms of the minutes, then it might be nice to have a different flavor, you know? Might might be nice to have a different flavor. So, no, I don't think the Duncan Key thing necessarily means Tyson Berry should either stay or go. We'll see what happens with them because, like Liam said, there's value there. Third question, uh, we kind of covered this a little bit, but now that Tyler's in the mix. I'm going to start with Tyler. What are your biggest Oilers priorities now that they've got some cash to spend that we didn't have a few days ago?
0: Uh, it's pretty clear. Actually, it's goaltending. It's the left side of your defense and it's getting some scoring in here. Um, you know, between the pipes, I really do think, and, you know, based on the chit chat, I've kind of heard it's going to be Campbell or Kemper. I believe at least that's that that's me reading tea leaves of random conversations I've had. I think Campbell or Kemper make a ton of sense for the Oilers. And I think that's the way they would likely lean in this scenario. Um, on the left side, I can't imagine Kulak not getting done. And up front, that that to me is the biggest unknown. Because, like, could it be Evander Kane? Yep. Could it be someone they trade some future assets for? Yep. Could it be a combination of a few guys that they're just taking a shot at? Absolutely. Um, Like, I I think there's a chance it's Evander Kane. There's a real chance it's Claude Giroux. That is legit. I think Dylan Strom is a great option, but obviously not nearly on the same level as those two. I think Mason Marchment is a really good option. Obviously not on the same level as those two. Um, Yeah, I think if it's Vander Kane is probably just Vander Kane. If it's Claude Giroux, I actually think you could probably sneak in one of Stromer, Marchman with Claude Giroux as well. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see what decisions they end up making up on the left side or even the right side of the forward group, I should add, because uh, they need some additions there. It's maybe not on the surface the bigger priority, because you sit there and look at a team with McDavid and Seidel and you say, Kate, they'll score. They don't have a goalie right now, and they need some D-men. Those will get done, though. I think that it's a pretty clear-cut path to how you can fill those spots. Forward is much more complicated.
2: Rick, how are you prioritizing your money?
3: You know what? I'm not going to go position-wise. I'm going to say you need about four value You need four value contracts. You need to win on four value contracts. You need four CC-type pickups this summer. One has to be a goaltender. One needs to be defense. I think you need two forward. So whether... The, you just, you have to win these deals. Like they have to be four or $5 million and you got to win them. That's just, it's that simple.
1: Dan, my problem is, and I'm probably with, I'm with Tyler more than I was a couple of days ago on the Kemper Campbell idea. My problem being that, um, it's, uh, I don't know. it Like, it's just, this is the exciting summer now for me. And, and those were the answers when we were, when we were up against it. And, now I think that we could be more unique with it and more exciting with it. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not fully sold on Kemper now after watching him in the playoffs myself. Um, I think goalie is the position that they have to identify and have to fix first and foremost. But like Tyler said, I think that that's going to happen here. Um, I may not necessarily agree with the fix that they make, but I'm okay with it because I just think that there needs to be, you know, we meet we need to address this stuff now. And so, yeah. To me, it's really exciting to see what happens with the goalies and the defense, and then yeah, the 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 subtext is what we do with the forwards.
2: Liam, uh,
4: I think obviously goalie, but then just add in depth to the forward group. Like I think the others got deeper last year, but those guys didn't necessarily contribute massively in the playoffs. Guys like Fogel, for example, like we would like to see more from him. Uh, so that would be my big thing, just adding more depth. Like I like the Mar- Mason Marchman, Dylan Strom. I like both those ideas. And then maybe even just bringing in a more veteran guy to the bottom bottom pairing of your defense just to kind of add a bit more to that rather than just running Broberg every night.
2: Yeah, just to wrap it up, I'm going to say priority goalie, defense, forward, in that order for me. Um, forward is going to be, like, like Tyler said, the most interesting because losing Kane... That's obviously, you know, that'd be a big loss. He was great for the others, but maybe he comes back. Who knows? I have no idea. So there you go. Ask the idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza, boys. Who's getting the GC? We've got rule change one. Uh, Tyson Berry question two, and how are you prioritizing the cash? Number three, Dan.
1: Rub Gary's head.
2: Everybody loves to. Liam. Gary. Rick.
3: Prioritizing cash.
2: Tyler.
0: Prioritizing
2: cash.
3: <laughs> he was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a strategic answer.
2: Uh, okay. So I've got two I was going to say it anyways. I've got two answers here that I need. So who's going to win? Who is going to win? I'm going to say prioritizing cash just because it's a bigger question. So, Blake, I will reach out to you post a podcast to get you your gift card from Buster's Pizza. I also want to know from you, the listener. How are you prioritizing the cash? It is up at Owen radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Lastly, it is time to get to our twig and berries, hot and cold performers of the week. I'm going to keep this draft related. I'm going to keep this draft related. So we're going to look at, it could be any draft. It could be any team from this draft. However you want to do it. Your hot and cold performance brought to you by Twig and Berries. Go to twigandberries.ca, use the promo code NATION15, get a discount on your order, or head on out to their store out in St. Albert to check out their wares in person. The Connor hoodie, I've got one. You need one. Promise you that. The ODR collection, excellent. If you go to the website, you can see of Brad and some undies. That's just a free bonus for you. That's just a free bonus. Good. Tyler, you were down in Montreal. We're going to start with our veggies. Who's your Twig and Berries cold performer of the week?
0: My Twig and Berries cold performer of the week. I got my hot performer locked and loaded. Um, cold performer, I will say the fact that I haven't had a poutine yet in Montreal. I'm giving it to myself. I'm going to hunt one out tonight, but I haven't had one yet.
2: I'm upset. Ah, uh, you know what? I'll give it to him. Whatever. He's at the draft and he hasn't had a poutine. I guess that's, I mean. Close enough. it accounts, right. you know. Yeah.
1: All right. He's the hypotenuse in this question. Oh, wow. uh, Dan, your are and Barry's Cold Performer of the Week. Uh, can you just stop moving your screen for one second, Liam? I'm just trying to read his name. Number 29 pick Maverick Lamoureux uh, <laughs> gets selected, and his parents share an intimate moment, and all of a sudden, the weird internet just starts focusing on their kiss and the fact <laughs> that they included tongue in it as if we've never kissed before on the internet, which is, I know is true about many people on the internet. But to me, the cold performer of the week is going to get the people that uh, focused in on that kiss a lot too much.
2: What? I, you know what? I respect the lamorous for going in for a tongue kiss after the boy gets drafted. Okay. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> Catch me when your
1: kid gets drafted in the NHL and see if you want to make out with somebody or not. I've
2: been trying to tongue kiss all the boys here at the <laughs> office all day long and no one's taken. Uh, Liam, your Twiggy cold form of the week.
1: Um...
4: <laughs> I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this guy, but I'll say it anyway. Pierre Maguire on the panel (laughs) is not ideal. I didn't
1: miss him. (laughs) I did miss him. That's a nice way to say it, man.
4: Yeah, so there you go.
0: You're as cold as ice.
2: My favorite was in round one when I don't remember who it was that was sliding and they're just like, Pierre, what's your take on so-and-so sliding? He's like, I don't know. End of sentence. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> what? How is that your analysis? There's,
4: there's so many. I'm oh, sorry. The JT Miller one was my favorite when he was, uh, he's like, you know, I uh, David Amber asked him, he's like, so what do you think of this Pierre? And he's like, I don't like to c- speculate on players getting traded. And David Amber goes, well, that's the job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's a lot of love for David Amber last night. There's a lot of love for David Amber last night.
2: Rick, your Twickenberry Cold Performer of the Week.
3: Uh, it has to go to Chicago. I don't know what exactly they were trying to do. Or ah, Man, it's they made some interesting moves yesterday, and you're trying to rebuild. I get it, but you kind of need your 24-year-olds to rebuild. So unless they're trying to rebuild by starting a, a junior high team, I really don't know what they were doing. Of uh,
2: My Twig and Barry Cole performer of the week is just every year I get bamboozled into not remembering how long the first round is. And there's something nice about the Oilers picking that late in the first round. If you think back to the draft parties, if you ever came to one, by the time pick 30 would have rolled around, 32 in this case, we would have been hammered.
3: To be fair, you probably have no real timeline, no real accurate timeline on how long a first round goes because of those parties.
2: Well, that's just it. So four and a half hours, I think it was last night. So I'm just going to say we need to tighten it up somehow. But for the team here at Nation HQ, like Liam, who's making graphics, it worked out fine. I'm just a complainer. I ran out of my bottle of red wine last night, Liam, and I had an hour left to go. Are you thrilled? I'm not. I wasn't.
4: Premature push there.
2: But it all works out. (laughs) So let's finish off the podcast on a positive note. Let's start with our Twiggenberry's hot performer of the NHL draft. Mr. Uremchuk, you were down there. Who is your Twiggenberry hot performer of the week?
0: Forget everything that Dan said. Maverick Lamrose parents get my hot performer <laughs> of the week. I've been saying for years. Yeah. For years there's, not, there's not enough horniness at the NHL draft. I'm glad they brought that energy. For years, he said. <laughs> the guy is smoking
1: hot.
2: Tyler, a big fan of the boy auction. Rick, your <laughs> hot performer of the week.
3: Oh, I want to pick with my heart and just say, you know, what the weather is when they're where they are now. But uh, I saw something today that was absolutely phenomenal. And it was Bruce Boudreaux getting to meet Kevin Owens. I don't know who got to see that, but seeing a grown ass man get that excited about meeting his favorite <laughs> wrestler, and that dude, like, he watches Raw and SmackDown regularly because he's like, "Oh, dude, like, you're out right now." He's asking about like, his injuries and stuff. Like, it was phenomenal. So, Bruce Boudreaux and Kevin K- KO um, connection. That's that's getting the uh, the hot performer. He's a hot
1: guy. It was it was really funny because. Bruce kept asking Kevin questions as if he didn't know the answer, like, Oh, you beat so-and-so at this match. And he's like, yes, I did. And Bruce is like, I knew you did. Like, it's just, it was so pure, uh, honorary
2: cult performer. That while that was all going on, we missed the Oilers' second pick of the draft,
4: and the other one was a commercial break. We only got the first and the seventh round. The yeah, we got the, the
2: first and the seventh round, round picks on TV this year. Uh, Liam, your Twinkie top performer of the week,
4: uh, Slovakia. Good for them, one and two in the draft, and then what was it, 26? <laughs> Way to go, Slovakia.
1: The entire country, <laughs> <Yeah, Slovakia. laughs> congratulations, Slovakia.
0: good work everybody my (laughs) hot performer of the week
2: (laughs) I'm gonna say my hot performer of the week for our friends at Twig and Berries is Tyler for texting me right before the draft started last night and said I think you should bet on Simon Nemich going at second overall to New Jersey I did do that and I turned a little bit of money into a lot more money so I like when a bet with juicy odds goes through big fan of winning money so Tyler little sneaky info you get my hot performer of the week
0: Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Let exciting. me just uh, add on to that and say that if anyone would have watched the daily face-off show yesterday, they would have had the same info.
2: Well, I don't have time. So what to
0: you're saying it. is Bag Milk was not watching that.
2: I was not. I have too much to do to stare at Tyler all day. I do that on my personal time, not on work time. You <laughs> know what I mean? Tyler, any final thoughts from Montreal as we wrap up episode was, twenty
1: two hundred eleven of I was what do is this my Hot Performer first? Oh, you haven't done it. I haven't yet. Oh, oh. Dan, your sorry, Tyler. Twig and Berry Hot Performer of the Week. Uh, my Twig and Berry Hot Performer of the Week is going to go to. It's a little bit of a cheat. It still has to do with the draft, but it's going to go to one Zach Cassian. I think if you looked back sure. on at the time when we made the transaction for Zach Cassian from the Montreal Canadiens themselves, uh, a lot of us we're only remembering him taking six or seven of Sam Gagne's teeth at the time. Uh, so for a guy to turn around the, the fan base and get us so excited for him. And, and I think that the fan base was really hopeful for him the last few, few seasons as well. Uh, just didn't work out. Didn't pan out. Uh, wish him all the best of luck in Arizona. So Zach Cassie and you get my hot performer of the week. It's getting hot in here. Sorry, Dan, missed you. That's Okay. Uh,
2: Zach Cassian, we had some good memories. I think about the 2017 playoff run. Mm -hmm. He was a monster against the Sharks. That's what I remember. The chops, celebration with that fan after that one goal. We all loved it. We all loved it. Can you believe seven years here in Edmonton, Liam? Seven.
4: Me or Cassian? Cassian. Oh. uh, I don't know when you got here. You were here for seven years? (laughs) Yeah, seven seasons. Cassian. Is that...
2: The trade took place almost seven years. The trade took place in December of 2015. Liam, how long have you been in Edmonton?
4: Way longer than seven years. Well, Liam years. wins. And, take that, and I'm still here. Well, take that, Zach.
2: Shout out to the Oilers for it's winning just, the Scrivens for Cassian trade.
0: Yeah, that was big. That's a big win. The professor.
2: Tyler, any final thoughts from Montreal?
0: Just really cool. Like, honestly, my first ever time being in an NHL draft. Um, and the fact that Montreal is picking first and Montreal made those big splashes, like, I'll never forget the noise the crowd made when it was Uri Slavkovsky going first overall. I'll never forget. What was it? Because I texted you, I asked you, and you didn't answer. Oh, sorry. Um, It was just a mix of like gasps. Imagine like 40% of the people cheering. 30% of the people gasping and the other 30% just being like, whoa. And like, you almost just heard only those three reactions. It was wild. And then when they made the trade, Batman comes up and they're booing the shit out of him, right? Because they always do that. And he goes, I got a trade. They both involve the halves and everyone is just like, "Whoa!" like on pins and needles. They boo the hell out of the fact that they traded Romanov. And then when the doc thing happens, they go nuts. It was just so neat to be in the building. I also thought Gary Bettman does a great job with that stuff—the drama and the way he announces the trades. And also, I don't know if they showed this on TV, but after like the fourth pick, he goes up, and because they boo him every pick, right? So he goes up, and the boos were kind of quiet. And Bettman goes like, "Ah, oh, you're getting tired." And then they like just like cranked it up a notch and booed him even more. It was just a ton of fun to be here. Uh, but the one thing I will say—we've done this debate on the podcast before. We always said, would you rather have Edmonton get a draft or an all-star game? I think after I've experienced both of them now this year for the first time, the answer is definitely the all-star game. It's way more fun from a fan perspective.
2: Last question, Tyler. We saw you having hot dogs in the press box. Mm. What was the final total?
0: They ran out of buns halfway through the day, so I didn't get to go back for any more. It was three on night one, two during the day today.
2: You didn't decide and they to just, had
0: other food there, just, so
3: just held a glizzy?
2: <laughs> you just see you just go glizzy down the gullet
3: <laughs> they have some sort of special bun though
0: it looked
2: like Do you got pocket wieners right now
0: yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah so like that's what they're kind of famous for i guess in the media right is these like press box hot dogs and the bun is like a weird combination it's like a piece of bread white bread almost but like it's folded i don't know it's really hard to explain but it's fantastic
2: uh, I would go back while you can. Maybe just get some, just get some glizzies, pack those around, pocket full of them. <laughs> no
1: no, smoke mo- so other <laughs> no smoked meat this. sandwiches though, Tyler.
2: Tyler, you got a lot of food deep I'm, before you. Leave. When do you come home? Tomorrow? Sunday.
0: I leave tomorrow at eight 50 in the morning.
2: So you better pack those down. Better pack them in.
0: We'll see you soon. Big night of glizzies for me.
2: Is there anything happening for the media now that the draft's done?
0: Get out. Nope. No, We are done um yeah they they honestly we were doing the rundown and the little coordinator person came up to me i was like uh you got to be wrapped up by five and i was like it's 3 30 but okay <laughs> and they're like yeah no we're gonna start cleaning up right away i was like oh sorry like as soon as the draft's done they have like 50 workers in there the thing's half taken down already
1: wow crazy wow well they got to move on for the next yep. draft so, right, so nothing to, to do the next one. shit to do
2: All right. There you go. So for Oodle Noodle, DoorDash, Cornerstone Insurance, Buster's Pizza, and Twig and Berries.ca, this is Oilers Nation Radio episode 211. Thank you to Zach Cassian for your time served here at Edmonton. Thank you to Duncan Keith for enjoying 11 a.m. Pitchers of Sangria, allegedly in my opinion. That's what you deserve, bro. You got a Hall of Fame career to lay back on. You got some cup rings. That's all you need. So from all of us, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Hit us up with some feedback on what you thought of the NHL draft and check out all the stories at OilersNation.com.
1: Shoutout out Luca DelBelbizu. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.